Welcome to Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast. I will be your humble GM, Daniel Anderlich. With me today is Alex Finn. Paint fumes are strong with me. <laughs> Dace Babcock. I'm smelling this really nice library scriptorium cantrip candle that was gifted to me by a cool dude. Not sponsored. <laughs> Unless I don't think anyone's questioning Kendra. if we have sponsors, Alex. I don't think anyone's like, I wonder if that's sponsored. You never know. And Samson Davis. Hi, I'm on round three of a 9% beer, so anything Dilly does is non-canon from this point onward. Okay. And we are rejoined by special guest Dan Rodriguez. He came back. Hey, hey, here I am. And I. who are you people, by the way? How, how did you get in here? <laughs> When we finish this recording, we'll unlock the door and you can go home. Oh, God. Please. Unlike Daniel, he is in that reco- <laughs> editing room forever. Like we mentioned last episode, if you are coming into this first, at least go back to the last episode <laughs> to figure out <laughs> everything that's going on. But you'll know Dan from the Fandible Actual Play Podcast Network, where they do a bunch of amazing actual plays, and as well as being an in independent game designer. With for like three goblins in a trench coat, cats and corpses, Cupid Incorporated, and um, I'm very excited for this other one that you're apparently working on in the background. You released a preview from the same world. Oh, uh, hometown magic was sort of the preview. That other game, don't expect that anytime soon. That one's my heartbreaker project. That one's like the, the in my perfect world. That would be a you know 500 page book with like 300 of those being lore kind of uh, massive tome that's 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 not coming out this year <laughs> but i highly recommend hometown magic it's it's a cute adorable game about being children in a world of magic and helping your community with your unique gifts very cool it's a beautiful game it's well laid out like i i think you had billy do that one no hometown magic was actually all me Ooh. oh wait well way to go that it's very beautiful thank you thank you every other game though i, I have yeah it was that, that was all billy so who remembers what happened last time i'm gonna pick on dan oh my wow okay well so last time the crew if you will arrived at a at a small town in which they were immediately met with shotgun and and suspicion but thankfully they met a fabulous new character who clearly just turned everything around (laughs) uh just came out like a goddamn hero and made everything better. And I think that's basically where we left it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so this this character, uh, which, uh, hint, hint, mine. <laughs> His name is Sack, and he is, uh, he's friendly. He's, he's a lot. He's flamboyant. He's very, very social. And he was able to kind of de-escalate the situation a bit, make everybody in town kind of welcome these strangers, Everybody kind of settled in. They got a room at the inn. Stories were told. Drinks were had. And uh, and it was established that Sack was here actually to meet Vlad because he was hired by the Guardians. He is, in fact, a contractor to find Vlad because there were rumors of a delegation of Aeon priests. And for reasons, it would be very bad if they ran across Vlad. So he was he was sent out to find Vlad and to kind of hopefully keep that meeting from happening. And while he's here, you know, uh, help out a little bit with the uh, the rest of the, the, the Vlad's charges, if you will. 
And so parties were had, drinks were had, uh, people were talked to, and rumors were told of apparently angels that are haunting or harassing the town and, and taking and killing. I believe it that so far it's just children. I'm not sure if they were mentioned if they were like adults dead. They didn't specify. Yeah, but we, we, we at least know that at least at least one child has been uh, apparently taken or killed by these angels. And Nix and Chacha specifically uh, both seemed very intent on making that stop. So a small expedition was formed to go into the old town in the woods to find these angels and presumably kick their angelic asses. We made it into the woods where everything went real quiet until some weird figures showed up on the path and started screaming. And, uh, I mean, fair. I think that's where we left off. Yeah. So these figures showed up, they turned, they all looked at Cha-Cha and started screaming. At this point, I need everybody to roll initiative. Oh, no! Oh, shit. I got a four. A neutral ten for Dilly. Seventeen. Five. Uh-oh. Okay. So, four of these figures are advancing towards Cha-Cha. And um, the first person to react to this is going to be Zach. All right, not fair. I am going to spend... How many of these things are there? Four. Four. I am going to cast Vanish. Spent two intellect points and uh, <laughs> effectively become invisible for a short amount of time during which I have an asset on stealth and speed defense tasks. So I'm invisible for one turn. Okay, excellent. So you do that, like, all of the rest of you notice that, like, Dak is just gone. Yeah, it's, it's very much like, <laughs> my job here is done, <laughs> swish up the cape, and, and all of a sudden he's just out of sight. Like, how somebody dressed that garishly manages to just completely disappear from sight is a mystery, but he do. He do. Okay, so next up are these creatures. They all advance to within immediate range of Cha-Cha. And that's what they spend their time doing. So, Chacha, you currently have an array of four of these right in front of you. One of the things you notice is that as they advance to you like that, at least with two of them, they're somewhat see-through, but two of them, their right arms become more solid-looking. The others, the other two, become completely solid-looking. And next up is Dilly. Oh, right. So last episode, Dilly tinkered up a cell-disrupting ray emitter. Is that... Because ray emitter makes it feel seem like it's going to like kind of spread out. Does the ray emitter allow me to hit multiple targets, or is it just one target? If you lined it up right, you could hit multiple targets, sure. Okay. Does it look like Dilly can kind of move within an immediate distance and line it up and hit all four of these guys? Mm, not all four, but you could probably get three. Okay. Dilly's going to do that. He's going to shift positions real quick and use his cell-disrupting ray emitter, or at least try to. So, are you... So, they're sort of like two and two with what they did. So, which three are you targeting? Uh, for sure, the two... If Does Dilly notice that two of them became more solid? Yeah. Alright. For sure, those two, and then whichever other one is more easy to line up. Yeah. Okay. So, for this, I'm going to need you to make three attack rolls. Three attack rolls, okay. So, these are going to be speed-based. So, two of them are a 12, and one of them is a 21. Oh, ciphers are always supposed to work, though. Oh, no. Doesn't mean you aim well. (laughs) 
So 10 on the first one, nat 20 on the second, 14 on the third. And I'm just applying in the order that you told me, 12, 12, 21. Okay, so what would you like for major effect on your nat 20? Or do you want the extra damage? I feel like I don't know enough to make a good major effect, so I'm just going to go with extra damage on the nat 20. Hell yeah. As we do in this house. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the one that you hit shrieks at anchor and turns to look at you. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Stop doing that. Next up is Nyx. So they all rolled up on Cha-Cha. So Nyx is going to use her small explosive, an instant shield that can be triggered by programmed voice command and sent Ooh. out send out a spray of molecules that form a 4x4 four four wall in the air with 6 armor. Does not require action to activate, and she's going to position that in front of Cha-Cha. Aww. Uh, maybe just a little bit off the ground, because so Cha-Cha is... I, is Cha-Cha four, taller than 4 feet? Barely? Yeah. Yeah. So just a few inches off the ground to give her, you know, the best coverage. Oh, that's very sweet. Okay, cool. So that's gone, but that's not Nyx's action. Oh, oh, because it does not require an action to activate. Okay. Yeah, Nick's gonna go in. She's gonna see what's up. She's gonna try to punch one of the. So- oh, kick! Her arms hurt. She's gonna try to kick <laughs> one of the solid ones and see what happens. Okay, so try to kick one of the solid ones. It will be a twelve. It's unarmed, so she's trained. I am going to activate move like water and spin those points. So. Okay, so that's a six. And I am going to expend two levels of might effort. One for, to make it a three, and one for damage, if it hits. Okay. Eleven. Okay. So, that will hit. Which of the two solid ones were you aiming at? The one that was already hurt by Dilly, or the other one? Oh, yeah. Nyx very much believes in focusing your your fire, so she will go after the one that's already wounded. (laughs) Okay, so that's seven plus three, so that's ten damage, correct? Yep. Okay. You kick this thing, and it shrieks and dissipates into nothing. Nyx is disconcerted. <laughs> and on the <laughs> other side of the little wall. <laughs> yeah. And you definitely feel like pins and needles in this life where you encountered it. Ooh. Like It's not affecting you in any way, but it definitely feels like your leg is waking up from having like been asleep. Interesting. That's why it's too long. That. She's going to definitely kick it with her synth leg next time. <laughs> oh, yeah, Samson, been the head. Too often. Too often. Cha-cha. You have a shield in front of you, and you've got three of these creatures on the other side of the shield. I guess we're going to shoot with the pew-pew. Okay. I assume you're going to go on the other side of the like, shoot around the edge of the shield at them. You mean we can't bend the bullets like in Wanted? No. No. Only Angelina Jolie can really do that. Damn. That's going to be my next skill. Angelina Jolie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it goes very well with yeah. I was going to say, it seems like there's some overlap there, especially if it's Tomb Raider, Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. You realize you'd have to like start adopting everybody, every child you meet, though, right? You think we won't? You think we won't? You think we haven't been? We've been doing animals, but not children. These be human children. Yeah, you each have a pet, by the way. I don't want to hear any shit about not having pets. And we have that random interstellar person who adopted us. The interstellar dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All we need to complete the set is put a voice in uh, Nix's head. Oh, yeah. Far so good. <laughs> <laughs> I also have that voice in Chacha's head. We have so many things going on. Um, yeah, I guess go around the shield chute and try and get back behind it. Okay. Are you shooting at one of the ones that looks 
more the one that looks more solid or one of the two that have like the let's go solids and not stripes <laughs> okay so that will be a 12 your pew pew is a light weapon so it's a nine Nat 20. Ba, 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 ba. Ooh. Extra damage or major effect? We are an extra damage family. <laughs> okay. Seven damage. It shrieks. It is unhappy about that. Fair. Okay. It is now Zach's turn. All right. So so what's what's the situation? How, how many things do we have left? So you've got three of them there. One that's mostly solid that has been wounded. Two that where their arms appear solid, but the rest of them doesn't. Nyx took out one of them completely. Mm. Cha-Cha is currently got a shield in between her and them, which provides them armor, and you are currently unseen. Yes, I am. I'm visible till the end of this turn. Hmm. I am going to... Yeah, yeah, let's do that. All right, so, yeah, he is, you know, in his invisible state, has kind of, like, moved off to the side, put a little bit of distance between uh, the marauding things and uh, and himself. And he is going to basically throw launch a dart at the most of uh, solid looking slash wounded one, which will cause his invisibility to fade. But yeah. So that is a light weapon. Yes. So that will be a nine. All right. That happened. That is a nine exactly. In which case, I'm going to try and, because uh, that, that was a good, that, that was a perfect example. I'm going to spend a. I guess one speed point because of my three speed edge and activate uncanny luck. So I'm going to roll again. If I get above a nine, I get a minor effect. If I get an insectic, I get a major effect. Oh, I rolled a 10. So minor effect. Okay. Which I'm going to claim as a just, I guess, minor attack. It can also be just extra damage. It's just like an extra point, right? Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. So he got a good shot because he was like, he had time to kind of like set himself up. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the dart hits this creature, and it, like, shreds part of its arm, and it screeches, it turns, its mouth distorts and opens up so wide that it's almost, like, halfway down its body. And inside its mouth and its eyes, it just is, like, black, inky void. Very unhappy. And, of course, it knows that you're there now. Yes, yes. Fair. And it is now the creature's turns. The one that has been hurt real bad by all you guys is going to go somewhat insubstantial again. The other two are going to swing their arms at Cha-Cha. Cha-Cha, please make two speed defense rolls of six. I have a one. There's that shield. I know she shot around it, but that didn't mean she had to... The shield provides armor. Oh, right. Thanks. I got seven and a 16. Okay, cool. So they don't manage to strike you. Their claws just scrape across the shield, but nothing really happens. And next up is Dilly. Uh, quick question. Vlad was with us the whole time, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Dilly's going to pull out, I think, just his pew-pew gun and fire at the... There's one uh, solid-looking one at the moment? No. The solid one has now gone insubstantial. Okay. It's still there. But it's it's more faded. Okay. Wasn't there the second solid one? Or did that one get dealt with? The second solid one Nyx took out. Excellent. Dilly's going to fire at the most injured one that just went uh, insubstantial. Okay, cool. So that's going to be a 12. Oh, sorry, it's a light weapon, so it's a 9 to hit. 9 to hit. Is that a higher thing since it's insubstantial now? Nope. No. Okay. I will roll that straight then. 15. Okay. 
the blast shoots at it and seems to pass through it mm. without any effect. Ooh. All right. Next up is Nyx. So are any of them substantial? There are two that have their arms substantial that just clawed at Cha-Cha, but they are not fully substantial. You're going to try to bite that arm. Okay. So that is a 21 to start. You're hindered because you're not grappling them. So it is a 24. Damn. Gross. Huh. I might change my mind. Um, <laughs> 24. So asset for uh, moving like water. 21. Mm-hmm. You're trained, so it's an 18. Great level. My effort is a 15. I got might to burn. I'll spend my two other levels of might effort to hit. Mm-hmm. 13. That does it. Okay. So you do a bite upon this creature. It screeches, and you feel your venom go into it. The venom is definitely having an effect, but you can also see the venom kind of, like, dripping from their body. Does Nyx's mouth go numb, like, at the dentist? Ooh. No, but it does feel like pins and needles in your mouth, okay. which is very odd. Like, it feels like if you bit the wrong way, like, it would be, like, the same thing as rolling your ankle but your jaw. <laughs> oh, I sprained my jaw. So, Zaxi's Nyx literally, like, fangs extend, mouth open probably wider than it should, as she mm-hmm. bites through this insubstantial creature. Mm-hmm. Fun. I keep great company. And I would say you're... Your teeth probably pass through, like, part of the body with nothing else, and then it hits the purchase of the arm. Yeah, and she she cuts her own lip a little bit because her teeth came together harder than she anticipated. There was less resistance than she thought there would be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cha-cha. I guess, do we want to try Onslaught on one of the insubstantial ones? Yeah. The fully insubstantial or the half insubstantial? Fully? Let's see if that works, because we're going mental. Okay, so that'll be a 12 to hit. I got a 17. Oh, shit. Almost dropped it. Okay. So you feel the blast go towards this insubstantial one, and it feels like it should hit. But there's something familiar about this. It feels like when a horror isn't completely there. And in that moment, even though this is not the same type of creature at all, it reminds you of those stakes. Next up is Zach. Zach has witnessed all this. He managed to wound one a little bit, but then it seemed to fade out of existence. And now he's seeing all these other attacks kind of go through them and face in and face out. And look, he's he's an entertainer. He's He's not big on the Numenera and all that stuff. Don't ask him how any of this stuff works. But he's been around a while. He knows when, when you know when he sees something insubstantial, things go through it. He he's seen that before, and so he reaches into his colorful coat and pulls out a handheld sphere. It's got some like little knobs and buttons on it. Kind of looks like a like some kind of thermal, uh, you know, Star, Star Wars uh, thermal detonator kind of thing. And he shouts, "Reality in the hole!" And throws the sphere, activating it. Uh, that's a level six phase counter measure, which activates a field in long range for one minute, and any immaterial creature or machine within this radius immediately becomes material and may be attacked normally. Uh, so the idea is he's hopefully throwing it, since they're all kind of like clustered around Cha-Cha, it's like a long range thing. He's trying to like hit all of them. Yep, so they all suddenly become completely substantial. And it is now their turn. They're very alarmed by this. One of them, the one that's been wounded pretty badly, is going to come over and try to hit Zack. Bear. It will be a 
12 speed defense. Got it. I am trained in speed defense, so that's a 9 for me. And I'm going to spend one level of effort to lower that to a 6. Okay. With my 3 edge, I believe that's effectively free, right? Yes. It's, it's been a while. All right, so in that case, uh, 6 or higher, let's go. That is a 10, and I believe that activates my trap card. <gasps> I, I, I do have... Uh, <laughs> I do have an ability. Which one is it? I think it's Seize Opportunity. Let me just double check. If I succeed on a speed defense roll to resist an attack, I gain an action. Automatically, it's an enabler, but I do have to spend four speed points, so technically one, I guess. And uh, so I basically get an action because they missed. And since it is now substantial, I'm stabbing with my knife. Because it's right in front of me. And it's it's badly wounded. Cool. So I'm going to use that as an attack. And I'm going to just make an attack. Okay, so that'll be a nine... Nine, because you're a light weapon. Uh, is that is that a speed, effectively, uh, roll that I'm making to hit, or is that a might roll? Since it's a melee, it'll be a might. Hmm. I want to spend an effort on that. Nine. Nah, I'm not I'm not meant to be good in combat. I'm, I'm just going to see what happens here. No, that's a miss. That's a five. Okay. So, yeah, you swing your knife at it, and it manages to move out of the way and shrieks at you. Fair. Fair. Shrieks at you like the face of God yeah. inside your body. Yeah. And it hates you. Now everyone's a critic. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Perfect. So that was the one that was attacking you. You got that. Um, one of them is going to attempt to attack Nyx. Nyx, it's going to be a six to dodge, cause, which is a gimme for Nyx, I think, because you're specialized, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. The other one is going to attack. Sees the shield there, so it's going to try to attack Dilly. Billy, it's a six-speed defense. All right. 17. Okay, so you dodge it just fine. Okay. Just used one of their special powers for that. Okay, well, we'll see if they survive. No, 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 that's fine. fine. Let's do that. <laughs> but we're fine if we don't, though. Special powers. <laughs> the next up is Dilly. The one that just attacked Dilly, is that the very damaged one, or is that a different one? No, it was the one that hasn't been hurt at all yet. All right. It's looking for the fresh meat. Uh, all right, Dilly's going to... Dodge out of way of that one and then shoot the heavily damaged one that's still up. Okay. So that will be a nine to hit since you have a light weapon. Nine to hit. Have you been rolling depletions, by the way? I have not. That's a six. That's another six. Okay. I've only used it twice, right? Yep. All right. Is the pew pew gun a speed or a might? Speed. Speed. All right. I'm going to use an effort to lower that. Yeah. 10 minus 3. 7? I hope so. You're at a 6. I'm at a 6. Thank you. I rolled 12. Okay. Your beam hits this creature and it screams and shatters into light and disappears. Can I do a quick Numenera check? Understanding Numenera check on that? Yes. That would be a 12. Right. It is a cognitive task for your hindered. Right. But just so you know what I'm looking for, Dilly is specifically looking at, like, Dilly remembers when Vlad basically, like, negated that wall of lights when we were still in that last dungeon. Mm. Is this a similar... So that would be a six instead. Okay. Six to a nine to a three. And I rolled nine. Okay. It is not the same thing. This is definitely some sort of trans-dimensional being. Okay. Thank you. End of turn. So, its shattering is actually, like, literally killing these things. Dope. Deresin. Got it. So, it's definitely murder. <laughs> okay, so next up is Nyx. Mm-hmm. Yep. Still attack. Okay. There's one that's wounded and one that is not. Uh, how substantial is the one that's wounded right now? 
They're both completely substantial because Zack used that cipher that's forced them all into reality. Oh, right. So Nyx will go for the wounded one, and she will use her synth leg this time because she's a learning glaive. <laughs> so that's a 12 to hit. You're trained, so it's a 9. And use that free level of effort, so a 6. And your moves like water, so it is a 3 now. How bad does this one look? I mean, it doesn't look good. I'll spend a... I mean, I'd love for you to roll a one or two, but, you know. It's been a level of effort for damage, Daniel. Okay. Five. Nailed it. <laughs> you're spending a level of effort for damage. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what does it look like when your metal leg kicks into this being, destroying it? I want to <laughs> say that Nick's like, she leans back on her organic leg, right? And then she kicks out with her synth leg. And just like with the bite, she doesn't get the, the force quite right. And you just see her crushed through with only a very momentary hesitation when it's in that vicinity of that leg and then just crashes through straight to the ground. The loud thunk. And uh, I want to say that her foot sinks like three inches into the soft earth. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. One of the other things you notice, Nyx, is that all along the seams of your leg, there is a bright jade glow. No! Uh, I knew it. All right. Cha-cha, there's one of these critters left. I guess we're shooting that one critter. (laughs) Okay. I got 18. Okay. So that is two extra damage. It does not like that. It is now Zach's turn. Mm. I just realized, I mean, I still missed that that previous uh, attempt to attack back because I rolled a five. If I had rolled a six, I actually would have hit because it turns out that if you use that uh, that seize opportunity thing to, like, attack or counterattack, the attack is east. So that's dope. Mm, uh, but, I mean, useless, but I was I was closer than I thought I was. You know what? I'll, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. But on the downside, I kept reading the description of that ability that I use, and it turns out I can't actually act this round because I, I got that extra action last round. Ooh, yeah, because that's, okay. how, that's how that works. Like, okay. you get an extra action in the moment, but then you lose your action next round. Uh, so I'm affected. Yeah, he's, he's kind of like hanging back. Like, he's Y'all can tell he's not a fighter. He's like, he's doing trickery and stuff on the background. He's just kind of like there, maybe takes a step back. But since I can't take any actions, it's not any actual distance moved. Okay. So, yeah, you've overclocked yourself. Yeah, he's, he's just kind of there, like getting his balance back a little for a moment. Okay, cool. Next up is the critter's turn. It is going to swing at Nyx. Nyx, please make a 12 speed defense roll. No, actually, it's not going to do that. It is going to reach out oh, no. towards Zach. Oh, boy. Oh, all right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Zach. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Uh, sorry, was, that, was this uh, speed defense again? Mm-hmm. Uh, what was my target? 12. 12. All right. And I'm trained. That brings it down to nine. Effectively, have a free level of effort from my three edge. So that brings it down to six. Uh, all right. I'm going to do speed defense. Oh, no. That's a three. I get hit. Oh, no. Okay. Well... It doesn't do damage. That's the good news. Yay. That's, I believe you have That's two ciphers good. left, right? Uh, I, I do. I do. I did, I guess. <laughs> so, the second one, I check something real quick. Yeah. How many ciphers can Zach carry? I think he tops out at three. Okay. Yeah, yeah, three. You're, you feel something happen, and your one of your ciphers, specifically the amazing experience one, <laughs> goes dead. Ooh, his. All right. And this creature seems to 
get stronger after that. Like it's healing from it. Uh, no. Like it sucked in the energy from the IO. Oh man. Sack looks down at where that touch went in right in the little hidden pocket where he was holding the uh, amazing experience, which we never never quite described what it was, but I'm gonna guess it was like some kind of you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say it looked like a little like a little LSD square, but it was actually made of synth. Uh, that's, that's what it looks like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, since we can't use it, it's dead now. Just so you all know what you missed out on. The user gains the memory of an experience so epic that each time they review it as an action, they have an asset on all tasks. In the following round, memory fades after 28 hours. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame. Mm-hmm. But now we definitely have to take these guys out. <laughs> so next up is Dilly. Dilly is going to bubble this last one and bubble it in a light, the best approximation of the light that they emit when they die that he's seen so far. So mm. okay. a big old bright bubble around this, this thing's head. So it's a cognitive task. It is going to be a 15. You're trained in your illusions. Yep. Yeah. So I guess the illusion training and the cognitive thing cancel out. Which big? Well, the fifteen was with the hindrance, so fifteen with the hindrance. Okay, mm-hmm. then twelve, two free levels of effort, six. nine six. Yep, I'll roll that two, but don't. Okay, yeah. So you try to bubble it, and it moves out of the way, and it opens its mouth and screeches at you. <laughs> Next up is Nix. Yeah, I mean she's gonna. It worked once. Maybe it'll work twice. She's gonna kick it. Okay, so it does twelve. So six. I'm going to spend my three level of effort to hit to make it a three, and then I'm going to spend two levels of effort for damage. Let me do that math. Mm. Okay. Eleven. Okay. So two levels of effort for damage. So that is seven plus six. Okay. So it is still there, but it is in very bad shape. I spent three it's levels on damage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what was yeah. I thinking? Cha-cha. I guess we're going to go with mental onslaught. Okay. So it's 12 to hit. And they are physical now, so... 14. Okay. What does it look like when Cha-Cha uses a mental onslaught to destroy this last creature? I think we already described her mental onslaught as, like, you know, the ghost from the movie Ghost. Or no, whatever those creepy things were from the movie Patrick Ghost. Swayze? <laughs> I just imagined it was... I always imagine it's, uh, like, a spectral juggler. <laughs> Is it Patrick Swayze from Donnie Darko? Donnie, yes, oh, no. <laughs> It'd be more hilarious if it was Patrick Swayze from Ghost, so it just, like, comes behind them and they start making pottery, and then all of a sudden they're pottery. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's just, like, a perfectly made clay pot left behind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you guys are standing in these dark woods. All these creatures are gone, and there's only a small ceramic piece sitting on the ground in between you. <laughs> How did this get here? Well, that was that was deeply unpleasant. I I assume that's all of them, and we can go home now. Yes. I don't know, Zach. Like honestly, it could there could be many, many more. Yeah. Honestly, they weren't that tough. They were they were kind of Daniel. Don't make that haunt me. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, we got them. We we took care of them pretty uh pretty quick. Not a fighter, huh? Uh, No, no. That that little trick I pulled there that 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 was a one time thing. If we run into more of those, I will continue to stand behind you. Oh, yeah. No, that's like line up. You know what I'm saying? That's like, uh, mm-hmm. 
where you should go. I would prefer it, but... Uh, and also, yeah, he kind of digs in his pocket, pulls out that little sort of postage, and like, oh, I think this thing is ruined now. And that gives it like, yep, eh, just tosses it down to the ground. Dilly should well, pick uh, it up. Hold on, I might, I might be able to do something. I mean, it's going to pick it up and just <laughs> rub it on his <laughs> thing. Just like, <laughs> gross. Is there anything Dilly can do to like, salvage this wait, wait what are you like his cloak so it was non-specific mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're not gonna ask no, any questions right, yeah. <laughs> we're just gonna be like okay this is life man. listeners in real life i rubbed it on my leg and his thigh. my brain said that's they know the thing they know the thing <laughs> they know in this audio medium mm-hmm. dilly rubs it dry <laughs> so, are you happy oh, are you happy i said it now no. are you happy not happy oh. right. unhappy oh. it was actually it was very funny <laughs> DM Dan, is there anything Dilly can do to Ooh, DM Dan? That's a good one. Get anything of value out of this dead cipher? An expanded cipher? No. It doesn't matter how many times you beg me. That's the way the <laughs> salvaging rules work. You know, if you take this to this ruin that is kind of in the vicinity of Mountain's Bone, there is a device in there that will rejuvenate the cipher. Didn't we break that? No. That wasn't the pillar that Cha Cha broke. Oh yeah, never mind. It's busted. Forget it. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, sorry, Zach. It's all right. It's all right. That's just a bobble. Well, anyway, I'm pretty sure that we're not done here because I the instincts that I've built up in the past two months or whatever, I feel like whatever's keeping this section of the forest in nighttime is maybe like the same place that the angels are coming from. Just a thought. They just vanished, right, Daniel? Are there any mm-hmm. tracks or other evidence of them being here? No. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, onward, right? The whole town proper. Okay, so you guys start wandering through the woods. Blot approaches Zach mm-hmm. and says, thank you for the warning. Well, it is what I'm getting paid for. But, uh, and he kind of like slows his gait a little. So they, they both kind of like fall back, give like the, the crew just a little bit of extra space. And he kind of like lowers his voice and it's less, you know. Less bombastic, more of a sort of a, a regular tone of voice. You know, if, if anybody were to overhear it, like his tone of voice actually sounds kind of like more friendly, more intimate. Like, you know, like when you're talking to somebody you've known for a while. So they seem to think that your little uh, fledglings here were a bit of a handful, but they look like good kids. Look like good kids. I mean, terrible danger to everything they face, of course, but good kids. Yeah, they're they're working through it. I have concerns. Their hearts are in the right place, but they still have a lot to learn. That's 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 where I was going. Yes, I mean, as soon as they found out these things were apparently killing kids, they took action immediately. Frankly, that's more than I've seen from far too many. Yeah, well, you know, there's sad tendency with our organization to ignore the problems of the present in favor of worrying about the future. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Assuming we survive all of this, remind me to tell you, by the way, I, uh, and he kind of leans closer. I, uh, heard really good things about the latest sales figures. Really? Mm-hmm. We'll talk, we'll talk later. It's been a while since I've checked in. That's good to hear. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it kind of just makes a little bit of more small talk and then eventually kind of like quickens the speed again to, to catch up with the rest of the group. So you guys reach what looks to be the burnt ruins of a previous village. Like there are some stone fireplaces amongst all this burnt wood and whatnot. And you can see some of these other figures, these 
translucent figures like screaming and trying to get in, but there's some invisible barrier they can't cross. And we cross it easily, as far as we can tell? I don't know. You haven't tried yet. Oh. Are you trying to go right in? Are you trying to sneak across without them noticing you? Yeah, how many How many figures are we talking about here? About seven. And their their backs are to us, I guess, because they're screaming towards the town trying to get in? <laughs> yep. Scraping their claws against something you can't see. I think we can take them, guys. Uh, Yo, we just did four. Yes, but again, I made them solid. That was a one-time thing. If all of these are wibbly-wobbly, I don't know how effective we're going to be. Also, four against four, we can handle that. Seven against four, that's that's not... That's bad math. I don't like that. Do we infiltrate? I may be able to distract them, though, if one of you want to run up. Never do the math, Dilly. Nix, I'm always doing the math. I think I'm the only one here that knows math. <laughs> no, I never met math, personally. See, <laughs> that right there. <laughs> Chacha, do you know math? I only do math when it involves fire. Yo, I have taken up some late accounting ever since I uh, became your bank. Yeah. <laughs> So is the plan for me to like run around and be like, I'm a child, I'm a child. And then we, you guys sneak in. I was going to send uh, like an illusion to distract them. Unless you want to run around. <laughs> Dilly. I prefer a solid yes or no on this one. Put, put an illusion of one of them inside the barrier so that they just drive them nuts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then Dilly using whichever illusion is going to work here major or minor i don't know just in term in terms of the range dilly will put an angel inside the barrier that's just going to kind of like an insubstantial form just kind of i don't know just kind of like wandering around in my head all these angels kind of look like the uh mr burns angel from that simpsons episode from <laughs> however long ago yeah <laughs> i just gonna wander around like Ooh. bring you love okay yeah, it's not really going to acknowledge the other angels on the other side just kind of wander around in a circle. Okay. So they do react. They all stop clawing and are watching with much interest. Quickly, quickly. Next, we'll see if she can walk through the invisible barrier. You pass it without an issue. She's like, I don't know. I don't know what the um, situation is where she enters. If there's a building to duck behind, if it's open, next, she just gets down on her stomach. While she waits for everyone else to cross through. Yeah. And yeah, follow Nyx, uh, you know, the rest of the group. Dilly will also follow. I feel like it's a trap, but yeah. It's a tarp. Why would you say such a thing? <laughs> I don't know. It's my ever-persistent fear of doors. As soon as Cha-Cha crosses the barrier, they all turn their eyes towards Cha-Cha and start freaking out and slashing the barrier down. Oh! cha are you feeling a vibe with these guys? Because... They seem to like you. Not being sarcastic, but <laughs> I think they want to eat. I don't know. Do you owe them money, perhaps? I mean, they're pro- they seem like horror, not horrors, but I think it's more of a, I am small like a child, so in their mind, I am child, and I probably taste delicious. We have not tried eating me, so no one can confirm. He's right. <laughs> Kesha, if you died, I would eat your body. Thank you. You're welcome. Can somebody make me a understanding Numenera? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Not me. Of? Not even going to try. The base level is 12. I got a 14. Oh, I got a 13. 15. Oh. 16. Okay. 
So Zach doesn't try, but everybody else. It's probably not that they want Chacha in particular. There's something about them. They're interested in something here, and their reactions don't seem to be based on hunger. They want something else. Are they wanting love? Chacha, do you want to ask them what they want? They're on the other side of the barrier. I guess she'll get closer to the barrier. They start swinging their claws even more rapidly, trying to reach you. They can't. Is this like a violence? Or a, hey, we're just your biggest fans. We just want an autograph kind of deal. They continue to swing their hands. (sighs) Guess I'm going to activate mind reading. Okay, so you activate mind reading. This is the interesting thing about these creatures. You activate mind reading as if they're not there at all. It's just void. Huh. They, mm, they were just, they're just completely head empty. I don't know what to do with this. I guess we just try to figure out, like, what's in here. Go ahead, Dilly. Well, head empty, but maybe instincts. So, which way are they facing? And can Dilly kind of follow, I guess, their line of sight, see which way they're trying to, like, trying to claw towards? So most of them are currently fixated on Cha-Cha. Okay. But that's not what they were fixated on before. But you would have to somehow get them to not pay attention to Cha-Cha. But they're very focused on Cha-Cha right now. Cha-Cha, I'm going to try something real quick. And Dilly is going to craft an illusion around Cha-Cha and just make her look like a tree, basically. They continue swinging at her. Yeah. All right. Dismisses the illusion. Um, do you think they're trying to get nature that's, that you, that's in your stomach or whatever? Or is it like my childlike sense of wonder that's really attracting them? Oh my god, what if it's Hubert the first? I mean, Dilly, you want to do an experiment? More than anything. Oh, I think I guess Chacha carefully takes Hubert the first out of her pocket and hands it to Dilly. Hubert the first, like, kind of skitters in and kind of cowers in Dilly's hands. The creatures are continuing to swing at Chacha. Well, now we know. Yo, you think it's like they're kind of like horrors, and Chacha, you're like got an affinity for horrors? Do you think that's it? Horrors. Instead of horrors. Oh. I don't know. Zach, do you have any ideas? That is entirely out of my experience. If I can't talk to them, why would I even spend time with them? Fair. Cha-cha, could you give me a understanding of narrow roll of 12? Maybe. That's a 9 for you, I think. I got a 12? It occurs to you that these things are transdimensional. They seem to be stuck on transdimensional things. And you do have at least one thing you know to be transdimensional on your person. Is it that crystal? The wrist thing? No, it's the cube that the Wraith handed you. Right before we met Lachlan. Oh! See, I totally forgot. I told you. I told you in the Discord, Dan, that I would forget this! I was going to say, remember the thing that Daniel told us specifically to remember? Well, I didn't. I think Chacha's going to take that cube out of her pocket and, like, swap it with Hubert the First and put Hubert the First back in his pocket and hand the cube to Dilly. Okay. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) So, this is the thing. Dilly, you can't see this cube. You can't see what she puts in your hand. You can't feel anything there. But the creatures freak out and start swinging at Dilly. I feel like Dilly knows Chacha enough to, like, not... Dilly doesn't immediately assume that there's nothing in his hand. Mm-hmm. Oh. And Dilly's just like, what What the fuck? Chacha, what the fuck is happening? Actually, Dan, DM Dan, does Astrovision clock anything? Oh. 
Astrovision. Give me a perception roll. It'll be hindered by one step because it's transdimensional. So it'll be a 12. 12, 9, 6 with the edge. 7. Astra pings that something is there. There is something that Astra can't identify the shape, mm-hmm. but Astra identifies that there is a something there. Cha-Cha, now that it is sitting in Dilly's hand and kind of away, and it's the first time you can kind of look at it from a distance, you notice that this cube is not a perfect cube. On one side, there is a small slot, almost the perfect size for something else in your possession. I guess we're going to... You bear the first. <laughs> exactly, it's you bear-shaped. Yes. Yeah, I guess Chacha's going to, like, take out the crystal and just, like, try and shove it in the slot. It's like, eh. Yeah, are you taking the cube back when you do that? No. Why would she do that? Just <gasps> freak out. I'm just going to put it in Dilly's hand and connect it together. <laughs> Is that too mean? I feel like Chacha would do that, though. Like, she wouldn't comprehend she should take it back. Alex... Alex, I am giving you permission to do okay. this if you feel like Chacha would do this. I feel like she would. She would just, like, keep Dilly's... I'm also giving you permission. Yeah. She would just, like, be like, I guess... I guess this goes in the hole? Dilly likes experiments. He, he'd totally be cool with this. And just... <laughs> oh, no. There is a blast of energy in whatever field these things that was holding them back. <laughs> Fuck! used to disappear. And Dilly, you're holding a solid cube in your hand. Hey! As these creatures come at you. Oh. Oops. So, Dilly, please make... Seven? Seven speed defense rolls. Seven, twelve speed defense rolls. Oh, boy. Okay. Can Chacha assist, like, on least one of them by, like, let's say she pushes him? Because she'd have to be, like, right next to him to, like, shove the crystal in the cube. You can assist on one of them. So one of them will be a nine. Yes. Sixteen. I'll do that on the nine. Natural 20. Oh. Natural 19. What? 14. 14 again. 17. This is going great. Three. There it is. <laughs> what am I at? Is that six? I felt like six. Yeah. 12. Okay. So, what would you like for a major and minor effect here? Got one where they strike at you. A major and minor effect. Got an idea if you're willing to entertain it. I am, actually. It involves Aster, but not you completely losing control. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll go with that. Okay, so they come swinging at you, and for, like, you dodge a couple of them, and then all of a sudden, there's one, and you can see it. It's like slow motion. Like, this claw, like, it's the kind of thing that it will disembowel you. And you hear Aster in your head that says, I don't think so. And all of a sudden, for a moment, you're not in control, and... You dodge backwards. They come at you to claw again, and you move back between like these two burnt-out stone pillars, and they swing low to try to claw at your legs. And you leap up, and between these two like pieces of stone, you do a perfect splits <laughs> above it yes. as it swings underneath. And then Astro drops you back down to the ground and gives you back control. I think not only. Uh... Zach would notice that also, like, Nyx and Chasha, when Aster takes control, there's, like, this black vapor that kind of, I guess, doesn't, like, completely cover Dilly, but, like, kind of comes out of his mouth and eyes the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then when Dilly takes over, the black vapor just dissipates immediately. What do you want to do, Chacha? This is what you've seen happen. Um, my bad. 
Tilly, that was an experiment. You you like experiments? Yeah. Bad methodology, Chacha. Bad methodology. <laughs> so these things are going to attack again, Chacha. Do you want to take the cube away from Dilly before they come at him again? Yeah, Chacha's going to grab the cube. Okay. So Chacha, you grab the cube, and you feel a sudden burst of energy. And the rest of you see a moment where Chacha is standing there with purple smoke extending and coming out of her eyes before she settles back down. And then these creatures look at Chacha and they turn and begin running away into the woods. Yay, into the woods. Next will run up like out of breath. Ah, shit. Damn. <sighs> Good job, Chacha. And Dilly, what the fuck was that, man? Um, well, that was Aster. But more importantly, Chacha, what the fuck? I mean, like, it was a present from not Buddy Cop, so... That's it? Told you we could take seven. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like this doesn't count. That's all, that's, it was just a present from not Buddy Cop? Yeah, that's... yeah, but, yeah. But does that mean there's another kind of present here because they were looking for something else behind the barrier? And so we should go search for that. I mean, yeah, probably. Okay. Are you searching the area? Yes. Oh, for sure. Okay. So you guys find a couple things. You find a oddity, and it appears to be a brush that produces a cleansing soap whenever you move it. Like, so whatever it does, it produces soap. You find a cipher, and this one's a cool cipher. You find an existence knife. What? That's the Magilord shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The cipher is a normal light melee weapon. When a creature whose level does not exceed the cipher level and who is no larger than the user is attacked, the attack reaches back in time and attacks an ancestor instead. (gasps) I'm sorry, what? (laughs) I'm going to stab you so hard, I'll stab your ancestors. Wow. If successful, the target's ancestor is killed before having children. <laughs> the target creature is wiped from existence. This is some Marty McFly shit. For all wheel time fans out there, Balefire, am I right? <laughs> uh, what's the level on the knife? Ten. Oh, oh damn. fuck. <laughs> this is how Back to the Future should have ended. You do also find what appears to be a really unstable-looking artifact seems to be leaking energy and it appears to be a power glove when the glove is being worn it does plus one damage to any melee attack using it excuse me (laughs) but it can be activated by using an action in which case it will do an additional three damage because of the sparks it lets off takes an action to activate and it depletes in 1d6 when it's been activated i can have but is it a weapon? Mm-mm. It's a glove. Question. When it's activated, it's plus three damage on top of the plus one, so plus four in total? Yes. Okay. I guess I am assuming it would still be considered unarmed because it's a glove. Yes. And it is leaking transdimensional energy, though, so there is some risk associated with it, but I don't know if you guys would know just from looking at it what that risk is. Nick's just looking at whoever found it with, like, the biggest puppy dog eyes. So is somebody taking these things? Nick's taking the glove. Yeah. Unless someone's... Can I have the ancestor knife? Because Nick... like, I would like to curse people's ancestors to this level. 
Unless Dilly really wants it. Dilly, I will say this. When the knife is seen, you notice that Astra puts a threat level of 66% of it. What was Nick's? A 36%? Or? Hmm? I thought she was up in the 60s. She was like 60. I can't remember. I remember being 60, 65, something like that. Just have everybody hold the knife and see what Astra says for everybody, like holding the <laughs> knife. <laughs> Give it to Sack and it actually goes down. I forget what Chacha's threat level was. It was a weird one. Chacha's was just like question mark, question mark. Mm -hmm. Red yeah. skull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are not the appropriate level. I'm fine either way. Oh, I, I don't want the knife. I, I'm cool with Chacha having the knife. Chacha, do you mind if I hold on to this knife, at least initially, for a little bit? I want to just experiment a little bit with something. Yeah, you do you. We can't let it fall in unsafe hands, Father. Right, that's what we're doing. Right, that's what we're doing what? In out of unsafe hands. You say my hands aren't safe, but they're on, the gloves are on the hands. No, that's... I'm... Look, they are safe because of the gloves. We agree gloves make me safe. Mm -hmm. And speaking of gloves, by the way, when Nyx puts the glove on, all of a sudden it is daylight here again. Nyx does not put it together. She, like, puts on the glove and she looks up. <laughs> oh shit it was the glove oh shit wait okay okay Lot comes over and takes a look at it and says unstable artifacts are unpredictable Nick, do you mind if i just kind of take a quick once over at that just real quick like you can keep it on your your uh fist oh yeah she'll hold out her her hand gm dan while dilly's looking over this is there a way for and i guess i'm just asking this a as a question of, like, the Numenera rules in general, is there a way to, like, stabilize artifacts? You would have to first determine what was wrong with it, then develop a plan to stabilize it, and then do it. Okay. 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 After however many minutes Dilly takes to look it over, I might be able to stabilize this. And I feel like that's relevant because it seems like these angels were attracted to it in some way. Although, Chacha seems to have scared him off, so I don't know what you two being... I think you two should be in, like, the same vicinity, roughly, for a while, at least. But there's a good chance, Nix, that those angels might come back for whatever is being exuded off this glove. Oh, yeah, no, I think that's cool. Like, uh, let's fuck them up if that happens, you know? No, yeah, for sure. But I might be able to stabilize it and just kind of negate the problem altogether, so... Oh, that would be cool, too, Dilly, honestly. That, yeah, it would be cool. I'll add it to the growing list of projects I have. Goddamn. <laughs> and at this point, Vlad walks up to Zach and says, So, uh, the sales figures are good? Actually, yes, no, I'm sorry, but uh, look, you know I'm a fan, but yeah, surprisingly so. Was this exchange close enough for the three of us to hear? Oh, yeah. Sorry, sales figures? What? Oh, that's not my story to tell. But uh, any of you a big reader by any chance? No. He says as he takes us one step to the side away from Vlad. Vlad is just glaring daggers at you, but he's but it's not like the kind of thing where you're intimidated by it. It's like an old friend glaring at yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I read what I can, when I can. I haven't read a book in like two months. Oh my god. Dilly has a small existential crisis. Sack <laughs> so kind of notes that. He's not gonna say or do anything in front of Vlad. But... Did you write a book, Vlad? Um... He actually, like, for the first time, really since you saw him encounter Lachlan, but this isn't the same kind of guilty, like he did something wrong, but it's sort of like, almost like, 
it's something he's proud of, but bashful about. Um, a few. Sack looks legitimately surprised to hear like those words come out from Vlad's uh, mouth, and then he turns and actually looks at like uh, you know Nix and Dilly and Cha Cha, kind of like appraisingly, like sort of like ah, and then uh, but th- says nothing more. That's that's a um, what kind of books? Yeah, fiction, nonfiction. Sack just is smiling ear to ear, but <laughs> saying a goddamn <laughs> word. Um, fiction for the most part, I doubt you would have. Yeah, I don't read much, so you're probably right, but... <laughs> I used a pen name. Oh my god, is it Turco? <laughs> is it? Did you write Turco the Flesh Pup, Vlad? <laughs> no. Oh. No, I didn't really do children's books. I, I wrote under the name Lyria R. Summermane. Has Dilly heard of Summermane? I think Cha-Cha has no chance. Yeah, I was just like... <laughs> Dilly and Nix could both roll... Uh, six intellect. You're both from the cities. Would recent events and rumors help with this at all? Oh, sure. So it's a three for you. All right, I got a sixteen. Um, I think it'll be a three for Dilly with his cognitive, but then two levels of effort. Eighteen for Dilly. Okay. So when he says this pen name, it sounds familiar. It takes you a while to fill in the gaps, but the name is someone who reminds you of. They write fiction. Like, you've seen them. Nick, it's not anything you would have encountered in class, but you might have seen some classmates reading it. The covers were just terrible, but they were all clearly sort of, like, romance novels, for the most part. Hell yeah. Yes. Like, what, uh, what's the author? Sarah J. Moss, or what's her face? Yeah, what about her? Or is it all, like, shirtless people, like, holding other people? Is Vlad the Ninth World Moss? No, so here's the thing. I think Nix probably doesn't necessarily have details of it. Dilly, since you were in the academic ward for the most part, you might have known that these were romance novels and people kind of like rolled their eyes on them, not because they're romance novels, but because they're really bad romances. Is Vlad the Chuck Tingle of the Ninth World? (gasps) (laughs) But they sell well. Well, there you go, I guess. Yeah. So bad they're good situation. Yeah, like, I mean, Dilly, you can only remember one of the titles that you saw. There was one called Catching Chills. It had a cover of somebody, like, next to an ice block, and then, <laughs> like, a woman, like, in flimsy clothing up next to this ice block, and then there was one called, Dilly, you remember one other one that showed a woman who was wearing, like, a weird, like, sort of plush costume, with, like, and cracking a whip over some dude, and it was called Sesky Set. <laughs> I think I think only Vlad would notice the kind of shimmer when Dilly puts up a disguise and it's just Dilly's face, but like just stoic mm-hmm. stone. And then Dilly just like slowly turns around, just kind of like bends over a little bit. It's just start shaking just slightly, but keeping it together. And Nick's the only title that you remember from that time in college when you saw a friend reading it. And they seem kind of embarrassed by it, almost like it was a naughty book and it had a picture of like had all these like fantastical drawings of what were presumably like different types of strange creatures like either aliens or abhumans or things like that and it was called loins of the last born oh god (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh yeah no i think some of my friends read those books in fact you are very familiar with the entire bibliography 
Oh, yeah. No, no. He, he carries around copies of all of them. Oh, God. Oh, he carries <laughs> around copies. I mean, they're, they're, in the, they're back in the room in the end right now. But <laughs> I thought he was going to like open up his cloak and be like, hey, you want to <laughs> buy a book? <laughs> I, found, I found these books in the woods. Do you want one? <laughs> Can I introduce you in some interspecies erotic? <laughs> I actually have six edge and speed, but these things keep me down. Oh, guys! <laughs> <laughs> Dan gave me like the, the full list of his books with like you know quick descriptions and <gasps> oh, synopses. Yeah, yeah, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> loins of the last born i think is uh what it was called <laughs> a heaping sound from tilly <laughs> yeah that one was it sold well but i mean it's not my best work i mean yeah but it is surprisingly accurate in sections <laughs> <laughs> is it says tilly's on his knees at this point <laughs> yeah my friends who could read really seem to enjoy them i mean who like to read <laughs> all right well do we think like this is a wrap on this yeah we should we i mean should we check for any child remnants we probably we probably need proof that we dealt with it in some in some way hey. are you okay dilly i'm fine i'm fine <clears throat> i'm fine the legitimate art form you know i your art is valid i just wasn't prepared zach mentioned you had the soul of the artist i wasn't expecting this have you written any books, Zach? Uh, are you also a, an author, or? Oh no, no, I'm I'm more of a performer, really. Oh, all right. Well, all that said, Tilly, you do seem like a reader. When we get back to town, remind me I've got something for you. Oh no. All right. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> uh, so uh, how did a uh, pretty cool guy like you end up working for uh, for the Guardian, Zach? <laughs> Nick says as she heads back to town. Oh, I, well, I mean, we all need money, don't we? I suppose uh, you know, they pay fairly well, and uh, they appreciate my particular talents. Who's your caller? Oh, what was that? Um, who was your, who recruited you? Uh, Proctor Julia, mostly. Just generally work with the organization when they, when they reach out to me, but I suppose if I must have a specific contact, that's not the best author of this, uh, well, at least Woods, at least, uh, here. Uh, he says, like, patting Vlad. He's actually the glances that he look gives the bladder almost like like I'm proud of you, buddy. Like <laughs> for being for actually saying that out loud. Uh, so he's like you know kind of like pats Vlad on the on the shoulder. Like I mean, other than of course here, yeah, uh, you know I suppose the, the proctor. But really, I just I go where I'm needed and where I'm paid to be. And Vlad is full on blushing <laughs> for a good part of the trip before Dilly, you notice suddenly an illusion falls into place that brings back his normal default. <laughs> Dilly's trying to be nice, but Dilly keeps breaking out to giggles every now and then. I mean, it's fair. Do you guys get back to town? So before Nyx left to hunt, she said, will you guys sort out this agreement to get the town's help for the cave-in? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think we played that out. No. Mm. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I don't like it when you say that. <laughs> I don't know if you worked out that detail. And we did bring proof, apparently, so... Nix will stop at the edge of the woods and be like, yo, uh, I think Chacha and I maybe should wait, like, out here. I don't want to attract any angels in there, but uh, if you get the headman, tell him we uh, we cleared out the village, we can, our old town, we can take him over there and show him. Are we certain the ones that ran away won't come back? 
Next looks at Chacha. Because that would be that would be kind of awkward if you bring him back to show him the town is clear and it's not. Fair. Gotta roll the dice. Then if it's not clear, you know, we'll clear it and then, you know, same result at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Just ca- just can't let him die. Does Chacha still have that purple vapor coming out of her eyes or mouth or whatever it's coming from? Occasionally. So, like, whenever Cha-Cha does something that is, like, a big sigh, in addition to the sigh coming out of her nose and mouth, there is a slight puff of this purple smoke coming out of her aisles. And they like transdimensional shit, so she's got the cube, I've got the glove. Like, what would they come back for? Us? And we're leaving, so. The faster they get us out of here, the better. Yeah, I think for the moment, Cha-Cha, they hate Cha-Cha more than they want... Nix's stuff or the cube. So at least temporarily, they're, they, I don't think the angels are going to come back, but for sure, I don't think they're going to come back after we leave. All right, fair enough. I can, I can sell that in that case. And he kind of cracks his knuckles. Right? Leave it to me. You need the town's help to dig out some kind of tunnel. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. All right. Let me see what I can do. Yeah. He's going kind of like. Try and, and spin the tale of how, you know, we, we chased off the monsters <laughs> and now the town is saved. And it would only be right and proper for the town to show its gratitude by helping these proud adventurers. Okay. So give me a social roll of 15. Can do. All right. First of all, as I'm walking, I would have activated the uh, uh, intense interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, uh, train. So you said, you said 15 or... What's the base? Yep, so now it's down to a 9. Specialized is 15, 12, 9, and then the asset would bring it down to 6, I believe. 15 to 12, 12 to 9. Specialized would bring it down to a 3. Yes, I will take that. Yeah, sure. Let's take roll the dice. It takes a chance. It's 10. Okay, the head says, um, yeah, I mean, we don't really know much about them, but we're, we're happy to help however we can. I mean, if you guys have really gotten rid of the angels, then that's a huge relief. And they've been terrorizing Willem's foe for two years now. Zach has made his case. He's fine. Unless Dilly or, or, or Chacha or anybody else came with him. Because also, as far as he's aware, they made their case to him that these angels are taken care of. And that if they do come back, they'll come back for Chacha, mm. not for the town. So Zach, as far as he's concerned, <laughs> yeah, he's good. He gladly gives them assurances that I saw them run away myself. Mm-hmm. Cool. This is a massive project, by the way. This is not anything that's going to be done in like a couple hours. This is like yeah. weeks of work to clear out this cave-in in a way that is going to be effective. Is it still less time than it would take to go over? Well, it's more discreet, so I think... Yeah, it's probably better. It's just not going to save you nearly as much time as you thought it, mm-hmm. as it would have been when you left Osmos. Yeah. So I want to give Zach a moment to whatever he wants to do with Dilly. I'm going to say, yeah, if this is going to take a few weeks, Zach's mission is basically done. He came, he delivered the information and warned about everything else. So he's uh, he's going to pack his things and, and head out. You know, his, he doesn't want to overstay his welcome. But before he goes, he takes some time, kind of like talks to Vlad, you know, kind of like gives him almost a little bit of a pep talk, lets him know that, you know, that their relationship, their friendship is strained at times, and uh, understandably so. But he's like, you know, the man I've seen out in these past couple of days, not the same man I knew. There's, I don't know if maybe these people have changed you or it's just the uh, experience you've had. But hey, sometimes opening up a little, taking a chance. 
worth it. And that also, I'd try, try to stay out of trouble. Otherwise, you'll see me again. For my part, I will say these last few days, you're less of an asshole than I remember. I, I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, he kind of like, you know, gives a lot like a you know, firm handshake and it starts, you know, heading out, stops before the rest of the group and looks at Nix and, uh, and goes, first of all, pleasure to meet you. Well, holy crap, I hope I never get into your bad side. That thing with the teeth, by the way, impressive. Thank you. Yeah. Keep the kids safe. Looks like you're doing a good job at that so far. So, but should you ever need anything? Well, they, uh, the guardians know how to reach me. Not that I'm terribly useful, a lot of things, but you know, you know, should you need a little bit of entertainment, uh, you need somebody to maybe, uh, massage uh, a conversation, you know, put out a call. I'll see what I can do. He turns to Chacha. He reaches into a pocket and pulls out a small little box and puts it in front of her. This one's for you. Now, you're going to want to be careful with this. And he kind of taps it. It's a little bit of powder in there. Now, here's the thing. A little bit, just right here. He says he taps the side of his nose. Best time you've had in years. Now, here's the problem. A short while later, you're going to need to go loudly. (laughs) Possibly painfully. Don't suggest indulging in it yourself. Lesson hard learned. But you might find some use for it. It's an oddity, but it does exactly what I just said it did. Oh, I figure it's too cool to not leave behind. Yeah. And then he finally he turns to Dilly and reaches into his bag and he pulls out a sheaf of papers, kind of like a pamphlet, really. So it was like a draft or, or, a, or a zine version of a novel. And he's, uh, he hands it over and on the cover, uh, or the front page rather, it reads, Hope is a Rock by Lyria R. Summermain. And uh, he kind of gives it like, this one's not even in print. Oh my gosh. Actually worth the read. I will treasure this until the day I die. Thank you. <laughs> I'll send you the description of it later so you oh, can no. reveal it at your own discretion. <laughs> you know, gifts and farewells said. He, uh, you know, kind of tosses his rucksack onto his back and with a, a, a jaunty wave. Kyle's heads off to see where the roads takes him. As you're walking away, Vlad calls out and says, Zach, mm-hmm. can I hire you for a short task? Zach kind of like pauses, looks down, opens a little pouches, but turns out you can, yes. Can you take the pod with race in it to a safe house? Oh, and uh, he kind of looks at the pod and goes, all right, well, I mean, they've got a couple of options. I mean, there's the, uh, hmm, where to go, where to go? And he pulls out a shin, kind of flips it up in the air, and it just spins, like he flips it up like real high, it spins for a while. Let's see, heads, uh, Thamor, uh, tails, Navarine. Uh, you know what, I'm going to flip an actual, that's, a, that's, a, that's evens. All right, portent it is, it's about uh, three days, that, nope, that away. There we go, all right, that's the box. Come along, race. Do we uh, take the jade egg back? <laughs> <laughs> then maybe like 10 seconds after like you start your journey uh, i think dilly's like wait 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 you got to the jade the eggs in there the eggs in there i mean that could be a funny surprise we should at least tell zach to tell whoever yeah possibly should be studied that's a great point like maybe don't you guys have scientists I, something yeah yeah what the hell's a scientist? Get a nano. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what what I, nano. I don't know where that came from, you guys. Wow. <laughs> Eating rock skin. So you're saying that's 
in the box, it's yeah. race plus something. Potentially unknown creature hatching out of an egg. Mm. That is an organic Numenera. Yeah. So yeah. if you find any nanos, have them look up Dr. Oz and the uh, Charmond. There's, you said there's a window, like I can see race inside. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like, yeah, no, that's, that's, that definitely checks out its race. <sighs> All right. Thanks for that. Otherwise, somebody was going to have an interesting time opening this thing again. And yeah, he is off. All right. So, Zach is wandering off away from town, pushing this pod, which is very easy to do. As it floats, resists inertia, and it moves away. And for a moment, the camera zooms in on the pod and down by Race's arm. And sitting there between Race's arm and body is a tiny fragment of fractured jade eggshell. And then the camera cuts to a group of villagers underneath the ground, slowly clearing out a cave-in. And one of them goes over, moves a rock, and there's a whisper. They say, what? Somebody in there? Can I help you? And they lean in towards the opening they've made in the rock. And their scream is cut suddenly short as they're pulled through this opening into the tunnel beyond. And that's where we'll end this episode. Ooh. Oopsie doodles. Ooh. Well, hell. Oopsie doodles. <laughs> it's a problem for next time. So I'm going to pick on Dan. Fair enough. Dan, what was something that Zach did that made you feel awesome? I mean, every aspect of Zach's awesome. <laughs> that's just the best character True. ever made or played in <laughs> any show. I believe we did. You have, you have now peaked. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lovely time. Especially watching the sort of growth with Vlad and the rest of the group kind of came into town with apparently a very adversarial relationship and think there's like a little bit more of like, if not so much respect, at least kind of like understanding or humanization, if you will, of Vlad. Mm -hmm. That was interesting to watch. And just overall, it's always just fun to follow in the wake of the chaos that these three create. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. It was so much fun. Zach was a lot of fun. Yes. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Thank you. And as I said, assuming he doesn't get eaten by whatever's in that box, he's probably not going to stick around after he, he drops it off. I am more than happy to reprise this role anytime. <laughs> awesome. Excellent. Well, we can make that happen because it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. I was so excited coming to the session because we had a brief call earlier this week where we were talking about what your character knew and didn't know. Mm-hmm. I was Really psyched coming into the session. Like I said, absolutely thrilled <laughs> that you took the time to detail out every single one of Vlad's novels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I already sent Samson the thing about hope is a rock. So, oh. yeah, I got that. Thank you. So, we have a segment that we do each week called Player Intrusions. That's where we offer you, the listener, and XP to check out something that we think you would really dig. This week, we're taking a departure, and it's actually our guest turn. So, Dan, what would you offer our listeners an XP to check out? I'm going to cheat because I'm not a regular player. So I'm going to bring up two things. And one is the one that I'm contractually obligated to do, which is plug my own podcast. Absolutely. (laughs) So as you might have heard, I am part of Fandible Podcast. Fandible.com, F-A-N-D-I-B-L-E dot C-O-M. We have been doing this for the better over a decade now somehow, which is uh, both disturbing and strange. 
But there we are. We've done this. We play just about every game under the sun at some point or another. Uh, we, we've had a very long-running Numenera game as well, which is actually just about to wrap up, finally, after several years and a COVID-induced break. We've had several other both long-term and plenty of solo and one-shot games, so please check it out. If you don't like what you see on one page, click the next page. You just might find something else. That's the good thing about having that much variety. Mm-hmm. And we've got a few other shows that we've done as well. Go on the website, check it out. And if you don't want to go on the website, just search Fandible anywhere. If you see that name, it's probably us. <laughs> and second of all, on a personal level, because I don't understand or, or get actual play podcasts, <laughs> and, and nor do I understand why anybody would listen to them, <laughs> that means I'm recommending Disco Elysium. It is a game which I believe just came out. It was originally on PC. And released like the full complete edition. I believe it just came out for the Switch and maybe another console. I'm not sure which one, but it is a Western RPG in which you play the role of a uh, detective in an alternate world. And when you wake up, you don't remember who you are. You don't remember being a detective. You don't remember what case you're investigating or anything, but you do remember that you drank a lot the previous night and now everything sucks and that's basically how the game begins from there where the game goes is hard to explain without getting into spoiler territory but suffice it to say it is one of the most brilliant uh, rpg experiences i've ever played through in any video game just to kind of give you a quick example of why to me it's so brilliant in other uh, sort of RPGs, you'll have you know your party members, and they'll talk to you, right? And then the, the little NPC party members will, will have conversations. You don't really have that here because it's not that sort of traditional, you know, go into a dungeon and kill monsters kind of RPG. It's more of a story RPG. But your quote-unquote party members are effectively your stats. And the stats in the game run the gamut from, you know, from physicality to sort of like chemical instinct or something like that. They're basically all these different parts of your personality, different parts of your stats that define you. And as you put points into these stats, they will talk in your head. So if you put a lot of points into, for example, authority during conversations, your that side of your personality, that side of who you are, will occasionally intrude and give advice or demand uh, certain things that happen. And so getting too high in a stat can actually be problematic because that then aspect of your personality becomes Mm. almost dominant and it becomes difficult to ignore their suggestions. And the story itself is brilliant. The artwork is gorgeous. The music, it's completely every single line is spoken with incredible voice acting. Cannot recommend it highly enough. Disco Elysium. Very cool. Well, if people wanted to reach out to us and tell us what they think about Disco Elysium or the podcast, how would they do that, Samson? Oh, well, we have a website that we have staked or claimed on titled ExplorersWanted.fm. From there, you can find all of our socials, such as Twitter, where we are at Explorers Wanted. On Instagram, Facebook, we are at Explorers Wanted Podcast. And if you want to hang out with us and talk to us directly, we have a Discord, which you can find by going to ExplorersWanted.fm slash Discord. That'll get you the link. Also, if you feel that what we've done here deserves money that you can throw at us, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Explorers Wanted. Uh, support us. How about it? Give us money. Please. Please. <laughs> yeah. And if you can't financially support us, we totally understand. 
honestly, the best thing that you could do for us is to tell a friend and tell them why you like the show and why they should listen to it. Word of mouth is honestly the best way for actual plays to grow their audience because there are so many actual plays out there and many of great quality. The second best thing you could do is to leave us a five-star rating and review on a podcast directory. And I would encourage you to do that for us if you're enjoying the show or for any podcast that you love. Hey, review Fandible. Give them a five-star review somewhere. They do amazing work. If you didn't like the podcast or if you just thought it was bad, well, I need to tell you that the dark is not rising. The dark is already here. There's no absence of light. It's a susurrus of shadow crawling at the corners of your room and running its misty pseudopods along the outer seam of your mattress. Eventually, they'll find your way to the blankets and slowly slip beneath as its sinuous grip closes upon your ankles. That's when you feel the first tug. And from there, it'll all be over soon. If you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Twitter at Anderlich, A-N-D-R-L-I-K. You find me on Twitter at Stace Windu. Would you make out with your sleep paralysis demon? I'm at Slam Potato. I mean, I'm consenting for the darkness to eat my ass. So I'm T with Unicorn on Twitch and Real T Unicorn on Twitter. And on, on that note, <laughs> I am at Uncivilized Dan on Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us, Dan. It was so much fun. It was lovely to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Hope you all at home enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening. Have a good night, day, weekend, or whenever you're listening to this. And bye. Bye. bye.